This morning, I want to talk for just a few moments um, about the topic of fearing God. Um, kind of what sort of sparked my interest or what I started talking about this. A few months ago, I was engaged in some conversations with some people that I went to church with. Uh, we were talking about the Bible, and we were talking about this particular subject. I mean, an individual that, uh, that I'm really good friends with kind of slightly made the comment. Um, you know, we were talking about this, and he, he sort of was saying a roundabout way of saying that, he didn't necessarily fear God, um, and sort of the logic behind what he was saying was, you know, how could I s- simply fear someone who loves and cares for me so much? And so, naturally, that decided to kind of cause us to sort of study this a little bit further. Um, it didn't take very much um, studying at all to understand that that particular individual, who I highly respect, um, kind of his opinions, didn't really kind of mean that, the, the way that it came out. But it really sparked some good conversations and some good studies that we had about what it means to fear God. God. It made me start thinking about my own personal understanding of what it truly means to fear God, why it's important for us spiritually, what are the blessings that come from it. You know, this is a subject that maybe uh, you felt this way, but me personally, I've kind of taken this for granted. I just sort of assume that, you know, all Christians that have been baptized into Christ just naturally fear God. You know, but reality is, I mean, that's just not the case anymore. You know, historically, one of the greatest compliments that uh, could be given to an individual is to say that they were a God-fearing person. You know, I think about when you've gone to a, a funeral, um, and, you know, you're paying respects, and you're, you're talking about that person's life, and, you know, we say things, you know, they, they were a, a good spouse, they were a good friend, a good mother, a good co-worker, you know, but the greatest thing that you could compliment someone, you know, after they have passed on this earth is to say that they were a God-fearing person. You know, but for whatever reason, this is just a, a topic and an idea that in the society and the world that we live, it's just kind of been put on the back burner. It's not really taken as seriously, and you can see that by the actions of the people um, in this world, by the things that they say and that they do. You know, is this something that maybe it is, maybe it's not, but should be talked about more publicly from the pulpit and, and talked about in our personal studies? Because this is something, as I began taking a look into Scripture and just seeing all of the areas that talked about this particular subject, it's very important. And there are very um, dire consequences for those who don't properly show a fear towards God. And so this is what I want to talk about for a few moments this, this morning. I'm um, not a very long-winded preacher, so you can uh, be thankful for that. Uh, but I want to st- start by just simply defining what the fear of God is. You know, most of us have an understanding of what fear is in our lives. Every, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. Every one of us probably has something or some things that we're particularly afraid of. In fact, I looked at the, the almighty Google, and they said that there was about over 8,000 different types of, of phobias out in the world, which to me kind of seemed like a, a high number of, of things to, to be afraid of. Most of us are familiar with the, the more... Uh, popular ones, there's, there's you know, claustrophobia for those who are afraid of, of closed-in, tight spaces. Uh, you know, there's arachnophobia for those who are particularly afraid of, of spiders. The one that I most closely relate to is a trypanophobia, which is someone who is deathly afraid of needles or injections. <laughs> I'm just, a, I'm not a big needle guy. I've never had been growing up, probably never will be. Uh, if I can find treatment um, or get medicated in a different way, I'm probably going to find that alternative. But that's something that I particularly fear. Um, you know, but when we think about the fear of God, 
and, and the, the type of fear that we should be showing towards him, there's really a, a kind of a different meaning that it takes on. And, and I think the best way to, to help define that is to simply let Scripture define what that looks like. In Psalms 33 and verse 8, the psalmist says, Let all earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Here the psalmist is defining fearing the Lord as standing in awe of him. In other words, having a fear of God is, is in, in essence, having a certain awesome reverence towards him because of the majestic person that he is. You know, when we think about our almighty creator, the person who created us, this world, the person who is, has did everything and given everything to us, when we think about his character, we think about how... Um, great he is. We think about his infinite knowledge, his holiness, his power, his majesty. You know, when we think about all of those and we understand and try to compare ourselves and realize that we are absolutely nothing compared to who he is, that should naturally lead us to have a certain type of reverence and, and, and awe towards who he is. This is a fundamental part of, of being a Christian, but most importantly, a fundamental part of what it means to fear God. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6 says, A son honors his father and his servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name, but you say, have, How have we despised your name? In this verse, the Lord is teaching us to fear him by using two earthly examples. He talks about a father, or as a, as a child, is to honor their father, and how a servant is to respect or fear their master. You know, when you think about honor and respect, those come from recognizing a higher authority. Both, you think about when a child is, is, to, is commanded to honor their father, they realize that their father is the higher being over them, that they are not equals, the child and the father, and that they should be always seeking to please and to obey their father because of their rightful authority over them. It's a similar relationship between a master or a servant and a master. So when you think about that and understand how God to us is both our father and our master. And because of that, you know, we are called to honor and respect him due to his rightful authority over us. You know, and with all humility, we should always be seeking to obey and please him and avoid offending him. This is another important fundamental piece of what it means to fear God. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 4 Starting in verse 4, Jesus is speaking here and he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you to whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. You know, when I read this passage, this probably hit probably the, the most deep chord in my, my soul when I, when I tried to put in perspective and see exactly what Jesus was saying here. You know, if you were, if someone was to, to, to break into your home and they were to go and they were to put a gun up to your head, you were going to experience fear. I think that's just a complete natural reaction. Anytime that our life is placed in the hands of another human being, there's going to be a certain element of fear that we're going to experience. But you see here, Jesus is saying that just as much as we would fear that person in that situation, that we should fear God even more. Because that person, yes, they may have the ability to, to destroy our body, but they have no authority or cannot do anything to our soul. God, on the other hand, has both the authority to you know, harm our physical body and kill our body, but also cast our soul into everlasting punishment. 
You know, that's what should fear us. That's the person that we should be seeking to please. That's the person that we should do, be revolving all of our life activities and the things that we say, the things that we do, to making sure that we are honoring and respecting him. You know, when I was thinking about, you know, what are one of the biggest differences that I notice about the, 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 between, you know, just the fear that you and I experience in our day-to-day lives and, and the fear that we should have towards God, the biggest difference that I, one of the biggest difference, rather, that I found is, you know, when we, we experience fear in our lives and we're afraid of something, one of the more natural reactions to do to that thing is, is to completely avoid it. To, to run away from it, to go around to it. For example, you know, if you're someone who is afraid of snakes and there is a snake down the road, you know, you're not going to go continue on towards that snake. A lot of times you're going to go the other way. You're going to go around it. You're going to find a different alternative. You know, and that's just a natural reaction that we have toward our field. We avoid putting ourselves in those situations. However, the fear that we have towards God should kind of, in essence, give us a complete opposite reaction. It should motivate us and to make us want to draw closer to him. Understanding that, yes, he does have the authority to, to cast our soul into hell if he finds us unrighteous on that day of judgment. But he's also the only person who can save us from that punishment as well. He's the only person that um, can provide a way for our salvation. And so knowing that, that should make us want to have a closer relationship with him. That should motivate us to want to please and to honor and to respect him, to, to learn from his infinite wisdom on how we can be better and more faithful, God-fearing followers. You look at Psalms 103 and uh, verse 10. It says, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so, as, or so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. In Psalms 130, we'll just keep reading there in verse, starting in verse 3. It says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Lastly, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So the Lord shows compassion on those who fear him. So it's important that for us to always know and acknowledge that. And when we're thinking about our lives and, and how we live and how we're ultimately doing our best to, to please our almighty creator, Understanding that, you know, he is happy and willing to give us blessings. We'll talk about some of those rewards and some of those blessings towards the end of this study as well. So now that we've kind of defined uh, this idea of, of what it looks like to fear God, I want to look at some scriptures that tell us specifically on how we are to demonstrate that fear of God. And the first one is, is simply seeking and accepting divine instruction. And Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Surely... I said, surely you will fear me, you will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you, but all the more they were eager. And one of the first things that we can do when we're trying to, we understand that God does deserve to be feared, but how we can demonstrate that in just our day-to-day lives, the first is simply just accepting instructions, um, seeking and accepting instructions from him. 
nor all of God's knowledge. You know, an understanding that his, his wisdom is much higher than ours, his, his, his knowledge is, is much higher than we'll ever be able to understand. That should motivate us to want to learn from him. You know, and additionally, our honor and our respect that we should have towards him should motivate us to want to be able to better please him. And how you do that is you look at his word. You look at what he expects from you and from me every single day. We should want to gain a greater knowledge from the word of God. In Proverbs 1, in verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, you could be more of the most intelligent persons on this planet. You could have all of the book smarts, all of the degrees and the pedigree that comes with those. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible says that you are a fool if you despise God's instruction and God's wisdom. And lastly, in Psalms chapter 25 and verse 12, says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him he will instruct in the way that he should choose. So it's important for us to, to accept, to seek and accept what God expects us to do and how we should live our lives. Another way that we can demonstrate God, the fear towards God is, is simply obeying what he instructs us to do, obeying his will for us. There in Deuteronomy Chapter 5 and verse 29 says, Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it may go well with them and with their descendants forever. Psalms 112 and verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And Proverbs 14 and verse 2 says, Whoever walks in uprightness, fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. So it's not enough for us to just to, to know what God inspects us to do, but it's another thing to actually put it into practice, to actually do it as well. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, Solomon says, The end of the matter, all of has been heard, for fear, or fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You know, it's one thing, again, to know what God expects us to do, but it's a completely different thing to actually put into action. You know, and I want to take this as a, a second to, to commend each and every one of you for being here this morning because the fact that you were put on clothes and drove here to attend this assembly this morning tells me that you do, to a certain extent, have a certain level of reverence and fear towards God because you're willing to, to come here to learn from him, and I pray that if you find some of these instructions from his word to be true, that you apply them to your lives as well, because that's how you're going to demonstrate the proper fear towards God. Another way that we can demonstrate this fear is, is simply hating and departing from evil. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil, and a perverted speech I hate. You know, when I was thinking of this verse, I thought about one of the biggest reasons that I believe that we have a problem with sin dominating our lives from time to time is because there are certain things that, or maybe there's certain times where we're still in love with it. That we don't necessarily hate evil in all of its forms. You know, there are certain sins. Obviously, every one of us is different, but there are certain sins that we struggle with. And the reason is, is maybe because we enjoy them you know we they make us feel good they make us you know happy 
And so what we tend to do is we try to make, start making excuses. We start trying to justify our actions, trying to talk ourselves into saying they're not as big a deal as maybe they truly are. We're not hating evil or we're not hating sin the way that we should. And that's not the right attitude that we should have. In 2 Peter chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 6, says, If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by all the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as the righteous man lived among them uh, day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds, and he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Here's a passage of someone who seemed to, to hate evil, to hate unrighteousness. You know, you think about Lot, and thinking about just the, the society and the times that he lived in, you know, there were some things that he probably witnessed, things that he, he heard people say that just made him agonize. You know, it was, just, it was just so repulsive to him that he just couldn't stand it. It says that he was tormented within about the righteousness around him. You know, I think there are certain things or certain aspects of life or where we've become desensitized to sin. That there are certain things that we don't hate it. It doesn't bother us as much as maybe it did Lot living in these times. You know, you can give your own opinion on why you think that's the case. You know, I hear all the time, and I tend to agree with it from from time to time about, you know, just our entertainment industry. Now, that's largely part to blame. You know, you think about the things that, you know, we... The music that we listen, the TV shows that we watch, and the movies that we watch. You know, there are sometimes there are things that are in those that are obviously contrary to God's word. And, and rather than completely avoiding those things or, or completely, you know, just not putting ourselves in those situations, we go and we spend our money on them. You know, and I just think sometimes that that's maybe not the most wise thing to do. You know, that's not showing a certain type of fear towards God because we're not, it doesn't bother us. And I think for whatever reason, you know, it's just some of those sins and some of those things that we listen to just start to seep into our eyes, and that's how we become desensitized. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse, or yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1 says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement in the body of spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Lastly, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Be not, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So you think about this idea and, and how how we can demonstrate a healthy and adequate fear towards God says turn away from evil. Stop making excuses. Stop trying to justify your actions because you don't think that they're as big a deal as maybe some other thing and purify yourselves, cleanse yourselves. That's how we show our fear towards God. You know, lastly, I want to talk for just a few moments about the blessings and the rewards that come from fearing God. You know, this has kind of been, I'll openly admit, sort of a, a Debbie Downer lesson. This isn't a very uh, politically correct sometimes or a popular thing to talk about, but it's necessary. But I want you to know that there is blessings and rewards that come from fearing this as well. There isn't just negative consequences, but as you can see here, 
In uh, Psalms 147, verse 11, it says, But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast and love. He delights in that. Psalms 115 and verse 13 says, He will bless those who fear him, both the great or both the small and the great. Psalms 31 and 19 says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. You see, there are internal blessings and there's internal rewards for us, for those of us who are willing to seek and accept that instruction, for those who are, are willing to put into action to hate evil and to show that fear towards God. You know, it says the Lord takes pleasure that he's going to bless those. You know, Psalms 33 and, and verse 18, you've got some more passages here that just keep talking about these blessings and these rewards that are um, waiting for those of us who fear them. He says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfastness. You know, he's going to take a special care of those who are willing to do that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well for those who fear God because they fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear God. You know, I think you know, Solomon probably knew best of anyone about the true value of fearing God. You're thinking about you know, just everything that he lived through and all the things that he witnessed and just realizing that you know, truly none of it meant anything if he wasn't fearing God, if he wasn't you know, heeding to his commands. Lastly, in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 4, it says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. You know, so while it is true that the Lord can destroy, our, destroy us for a lack of fear, it's equally as true that he is happy to reward, to give those um, who fear him riches and honor and life. And so when we are doing our best to, to, to live the way that God expects us to do. For me, something that's helped out is, is to think about, you know, one, that he deserves it. You know, whether I like some of the things that I am called to do as a Christian is irrelevant to what I'm doing. You know, so when I think about um, how I can better myself personally, I think about, one, he deserves it. You know, he, he deserves the certain awe and the reverence he deserves because of who he is, because he saved me from that everlasting punishment. Because without him, without me de demonstrating that certain fear towards him, that I would be going down a road that is not going to end up well for all eternity. And so that is one reason that I feel like that I deserve to fear him. But, you know, it helps me when I think also about the rewards of fearing. You know, a lot of people I talk to, you know, talk about, you know, how Christianity just this is kind of a just not appeasing to them because it's just a complete list of rules. These are all the things that you can't do, you know, and none, none of us as kids growing up really liked rules. <laughs> you know, we, we like to be independent people, and so that, the, the idea, you know, that we have a standard, that we have an absolute truth that we should be living our lives on, sometimes is, is not, you know, just as our, maybe as fun as being able to do what we want. You know, but for me, rather than looking at God's will towards us as just a set of rules, you know, I look at, you know, some of the blessings that, that, you know, are promised to me that if I do 
follow through and I do live a righteous life to the best of my ability, what is going to be in store for me in the end and how that's ultimately going to benefit me. It's going to benefit, you know, maybe my family. It's going to benefit those who are around me. And for me, just changing my whole perspective on, on God's will towards us, that really does, it really did help me. And so I want you to think about, um, you know, just your perspective on what it means to fear God. And to think about, you know, it's not necessarily the same type of fear that you and I experience every day, you know, but how it's, comp- in, 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 in essence, it's a completely different type of fear. You know, and I noticed that, you know, this is, can be a, a pretty simple or uh, pretty thin balancing act. Um, and what I mean by that is when I was studying this and I was looking at, you know, the consequences of not fearing God and the blessings and, you know, how you balance those out, you know, I think that you have to be very careful because there could be two extremes to both sides. And what I mean by that is, is obviously we've read and we've seen about the consequences for those who just completely don't fear him altogether. And how there are very dire and eternal consequences that, be, um, that are um, there for those who don't fear him. But on the other hand, I think that, you know, there's certain aspect of, you know, maybe there's um, so some danger in having, you know, an unhealthy fear towards God. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, someone who's just so concerned about falling in and out of salvation and just not understanding the confidence um, and the promises that God has given to us, you know, that, that they just are afraid to just go out and, and live in the world. They're afraid to, to you know, um, you know, sin against God, and rightly so. But because of that, they try to, 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 to you know, hermit themselves, to, to put themselves away from the people. And, you know, when I think about that, and I think about just how unhealthy that's got to be, you know, mentally, but, you know, just how that's also not what God called us to do. You know, when you think about the Great Commission and what he's called each and every one of us to do and how we're supposed to go out into the world, we're supposed to go out and reach the lost soul. So you can't obviously do that if you're just going to, to withdraw from all society. You know, and so I, want you, I say all this because I want you to um, have a certain fear towards God because of who he is and, and his relationship towards us, but I also want you to have confidence in your salvation. I want you to hold confidence to the promises and to the blessings that God has given to you. If you have been baptized into Christ and you are a Christian, you're a member of his kingdom, that there is great hope for you and I as long as we live the righteous and faithful life that he's called us to do. And so, uh, you know, when you think about fearing God, you know, think about those things. Think about the blessings and the rewards uh, that those that are awaiting for those who fear him. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.